What's up, everybody? You're on Money Moves, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, do, delegate, delete. So yesterday I talked about, you know, being afraid and living in this place of fear and running this question through your mind, like, is this thing that I'm afraid of going to kill me? And as I was doing that podcast, I thought there's a lot of different ways that I could go inside of this message. I had several notes taken down and different things I was thinking about whenever I was talking about running up to the edge of the cliff and, and leaping across. If you haven't heard it, it was a good one. But I wanted to talk about something a little bit different, a twist to that, if you will. And, and it's basically this. It's been my experience that whenever I watch my staff members or people that I'm close to, whenever I see people get, quote, you can't see me, I'm air quoting right now, stressed out, it's typically like that's a, a secondary emotion it's an overspill of something else underlying. And more often than not, stress is caused by worrying about the future. Like sadness is caused about caused from mourning the past in a lot of situations, things you can't control, they've already happened. And sadness is this emotion that happens because of that. And stress is a fear of the future. Stress is a fear of the unknown. Stress sometimes happens out of fear of disappointing others. But one common denominator inside of all stress is fear. And so today I wanted to talk about just a technique that I use inside of the game of business, inside of my personal life. And this is an ever evolving conversation for me. And in fact, something that I'm right in the middle of working on this very minute. And so I call it do delegate delete. You see, for most of us, if you only have one task in front of you and you know exactly what you're going to do and the steps you're going to take to do it, you have no trouble moving right along through that task and you're done. You don't stress because you're not fearful of anything that's going to happen. And then sometimes somebody will throw another task in at you and now you've got two that you're juggling and you think, well, I can keep both of these things moving and you move right through them. Then somebody comes along and they hand you a third one. And now you've got three different things that you're sort of focusing on. You're not moving as quickly through any of them. One of them, you know how to do really well. And the other one you're pretty proficient at, but this other one you're not really sure about. So it gets your attention and then you fall a little bit behind, but you're managing and you're getting ahead a little bit and you start to build through these events. And then something unexpected happens. Now you've got four things and two of them feel like they're falling out of control. You feel like, you know, in, in the image of somebody spinning a bunch of different plates all on different fingers, one on their nose, one on one of their toes, and, and somebody comes by and bumps them or does something and all the plates fall and, and shatter. And the fear of shattering those plates for most people causes stress. And so if I said to you, if you have things to do, too many things to do, what's the best way to work through that? And the answer is so profoundly simple. You zero in and follow through on the task. You, you say, okay, I've got this thing that I want to do, that I need to do, that I'm going to get done, and you attack it. 
and you get that one done. You don't worry about the others and then you get to them when you get to them. You know, I said something to my daughter in conversation yesterday that dovetails perfectly into this. I said, you know, you worry about what's going to happen on the other side of X, Y, Z, but it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. You fill in X, Y, Z with your thing. I'm worried about being a couple days late on my car payment. Okay. It's, it's a valid concern. You should pay your, your bills on time. You should have a very tight grasp of the amount of money that you have come in and the amount of money that you go out and the money that goes out should be less than the money that comes in. But if you do get in a situation because of an unknown and you're going to be a little bit late, is it the end of the world? Do you go into total meltdown? Do you allow yourself to stress? Or do you think, I recognize I'm going to be four or five, six, seven, 15 days later than what I'm going to be. There's nothing I can do about it. It is what it is. Then you move it aside. You come back to that on the 15th when you can write the check and send it off and then it's off your plate again. But inside of the conversation of do, delegate, delete, the simplest form of the game is if you have so many things that are bogging you down and a fear typically that causes stress is the fear of failure or the fear of disappointing others, you're afraid you're going to let people down or there are going to be repercussions for you not being able to fulfill your obligations. If you can't take on all the tasks that you're expected to at your job, the fear is that you'll lose your job. And if you weren't afraid of change, you wouldn't fear that because you could easily go get a new job. We live in a time where there's more jobs than there are workers right now. If you want to work, you can. You have absolutely no reason. There's no such thing as I can't get a job. If you genuinely want a job, they're there. And so take that a little bit further. So in that situation, if it's like, okay, I've got these things that I want to get done, I need to get done, but I'm stressed and I'm bogged. What most people do is they fall into a place of analysis paralysis. They start to mentally kind of like just grind up the things that they ought to do, but they stop taking action. They get in this place of weirdness where they touch this one thing for a second. They touch this other thing for a second. They touch the third thing for a second. And then they really don't accomplish anything. And when they come back, they kind of forget where they were and they start over and they touch it again. And then they do it again in another version of the same conversation. And this happens again and again and again and again. And so you can see the pit that people fall into and then they get stressed Because these deadlines still creep up, these obligations that most of which have timelines still pursue. And without question, whenever I have allowed myself to become stressed inside of my responsibilities, normally the quickest way to alleviate that stress is to create a list. I call it a hit list. The most urgent things at the front of the list, the closest deadlines go to the top and one by one, I just work through them until I'm done. It's that simple. I know I need to call this person. I don't want to call them. It's an uncomfortable call. Yep. But I'm gonna, and I do that, that thing very first. Next, next, next. Now for most of us, we live in a world where people hand us responsibilities that are actually theirs, not theirs to do, not to hand. But they come to you because it's easier to say to you, you're, you're likely a problem solver. And so they say something to you like, hey, I've got this problem with this thing. What do you want me to do here? What would you do? Or what do you suggest I do? And basically what they're saying is, I've got a problem, but I don't want to mess with this. So I'm going to get off my plate and give it to you. And the, you'll find those on your list. 
spouses are great at doing that. Like that's your, this is your department. But here's the thing. Do delegate delete. For some of you guys, you've probably already figured out where this is going. Inside of step one of this process, it's do. Make a list of all of the things that you need to get done and that you want to get done. And then set a timeline to get the entire list knocked out. And make it a little aggressive. Then you start at number one and go to work. Now, if you really want to be a ninja, apply number two. Number two is delegate. So go through the list and think, what on this list do I not need to do? What could I assign to someone? What could I pay someone to do for me? Or what could I ask someone for help with? Because not everybody has a team of people that they can assign a task to. Not everybody has a team of people. Or not everybody has an endless pile of money that they can say, hey, I'm just going to pay to have that done. I'm going to pay to have that done. You're still in a place potentially where you, you have to mow your yard. If, if you could afford to pay somebody to mow your yard, you would do it. If you could afford to pay somebody to clean your house, you would do it. But financially, it makes more sense for you to do that. So it stays on your list. You can't delegate that out. And th those are a couple timelines that those things just reoccur. Your house is going to continue to get messy if you live in it. And your yard's going to continue to grow grass as long as you've got grass out there to grow. And so that's either a do or a delegate. Easy. But there are some things that fall in the delete category. And this is where I really get baffled by people. This is probably the first skill that I mastered more than anything. You see, I, I, I learned this lesson, but it was one of those conversations where, and you'll hear me say it on this podcast often, you'll hear me say, you can apply this anywhere. And the reason I say that is because that's actually what I do. I was doing business with some Taiwanese gentlemen and one of the guys, his name was Thomas. And Thomas, his father, was the president of the organization that manufactured some products for us. And we called him Papa Ku. And, and so inside of conversation with Thomas, I would say, hey, did you talk to your dad about this thing? What, what's, what's his response? What are we going to do there? And he would look at me and he would say, I'm sorry, uh, Papa Ku is is trying to keep silence. I thought, trying to keep silence, what does that mean? And so I asked, what's trying to keep silence? What's keeping silence? And he goes, oh, geez, keep silence. And essentially what he explained to me was that his dad would just fall silent on a subject that he didn't want to answer. He wouldn't respond. Or if there was a task that he didn't think it was necessary for them to address, he just would not address it. He deleted it. Now, he didn't go through the process of telling anybody that. He just refused. He refused to talk about it. He refused to acknowledge it. If you brought it up in a meeting, he would literally ignore you. He would walk away from you if you tried to bring it up after he had already tried to kind of keep silence on it. It wasn't something that he was interested in pursuing. And I thought, wow, like he has really stopped us from having a half a dozen different conversations about things that I feel, feel or felt were important all by keeping silence. And so I tried it and it worked. And then inside of the course of operating, I started to keep silence intentionally. And then I started to tell people, hey, I'm keeping silence on that. I didn't call it that. What I said was, we're not, we're not addressing that. This is irrelevant. It's in the past. There's nothing we can do about it. We're not going to sit around and cry. Or this is our policy. It is what it is. I'm not changing our policy because I'm not going to set a new precedence. You're bringing this to me. You're wasting your time because we've already decided that this is or is not something that we'll address or do. So why are we talking about it? 
I would delete it from my list and I would delete it so hard that it would never come back to my list in any form repackaged in any conversation. We deal with this a lot in the car business because we have hard lines after a certain number of miles and after a certain number of days of buying an as is car from us at one of our deal at, at our dealership that at one of the as is units, every single person who buys a car, we say to them, would you like an extended warranty? We don't use this like most dealerships who put a hundred percent markup on it. We put a modest markup on it. This is approximately how much we make per contract, but we want to offer it to you because we think you're buying a used car and we don't have a crystal ball and you never know what's going to go wrong. So if you want a warranty, here's what that looks like. And if someone says no, and then comes back 23 days later with a problem that we couldn't foresee, we just have to create a line. So we had an internal conversation. This is the line. Now, 23 days is not the line, but wherever that line is, internally, we created it. We don't broadcast it. We don't share it. That's, that's just our line. If you go over a certain number of miles, we won't help you. Inside of a certain period of time, if you come to us and say, hey, I've had this car for, i.e., two, two days. I've, I've driven it 175 miles and I've got this bit, you know, the transmission just went out. I'm going to put a new transmission. It's the right thing to do. That's inside of our policy. But if one of my people come to me 45 days after a sale and they say, hey, uh, you remember that one person that you really hit it off well with and they're XYZ and you guys are buddies and you had a conversation over there and you, you, you talked about brewing beer and you, you guys just seem to really hit it off and really get along well. And it was, I, that guy just came in and he's got XYZ and I'll stop him. That entire story about trying you, you packaging that, you framing that conversation for me was all an attempt so you could try to step across something that we've deleted. I'm not having this conversation. You know the policy. You're going to have to have a hard conversation. If you need me to come do it, I'll absolutely do it because everybody was there whenever we said to that person, hey, we offer extended warranties and we'd really like to encourage you to do this because it's, they're used vehicles and we sell them as is and we don't have a crystal ball. We almost say the exact same thing every single time. And we believe in taking care of people, but because we sell cars at such a low margin inside of our dealership, we can't do what a big dealership can. If you want to go to a big dealership and, and pay a three to $4,000 markup on a vehicle, then you can expect to be taken care of 30, 60, 90 days after the sale. But when you come to my dealership, you're going to buy that same car for three or $4,000 back of book. And so we have to have these lines. And so this is something that I've deleted off of the list. This isn't how we operate. And this is where this gets complicated for most people. Most people refuse to delete things off the list. They refuse to delegate the things that are of medium importance, things that they could put it off to somebody else. And are, are those things going to be done absolutely perfectly? No, they're not. But are they going to be done in a manner that's going to allow you to operate more efficiently when you're focusing on the do list, the list of things that only you can do that you'll do better than anybody else. And that are critical to the movement of the ship as you step ahead. So I told you that I'm in the middle of this process right now. I've had a bunch of ancillary little things bubble up inside of my world. Things that are super important to the do and super not important to the do. And one of the things that it seemed like were kind of a, a medium urgency was, was the management of my Instagram account, the management of my Twitter account, the management of our YouTube channel. And I'm not talking about, okay, what's the post going to be and what's it going to be about and what's the underlying story. But there's a lot of precursor work to all of that. The graphic arts, the images, the pictures, correlating all that, putting all of that in one space. And then 
and then packaging that and, and scheduling that and, and going over, you know, having a review of everything and when it's going to drop. It's not, it's not as simple. And so I actually fell into that place of, of kind of mental sabotage. And I just haven't been that active inside of that space. But here's what I'll, I'll promise 21 days from now, it's going to look entirely different. You're going to think, oh my gosh, he's, he's back on with the fire. And the reason is, is because I'm currently interviewing digital personal assistants. Every single day, I, I spend at least 25 minutes going through no less than 150 different emails coming in from all sorts of different entities that we have and projects that we're a part of and things that we've got going on. And so I just decided I'm going to have somebody every single morning before I ever even roll out of bed, go through all of my emails, do that twice a day and send me one summary email and attach to those the things that are relevant, the things that I need to pay attention to and delete everything that I don't need to see. I will literally have a folder of Michael's actual email where this person will learn in time to go through all of those digitally. They'll never have to touch my office and be able to put all of those in. They'll organize the graphic artists that we work with and they'll make sure that all of these files come in and that the and in one centralized place, all of the images and all of the videos and all of the graphics go where they're supposed to go. And the videos that we shoot that that need to have subtitles typed under them that we'll, we'll have them work with that third party that does that. And, and all of these little micro things that I have allowed to fill my plate, I'm gonna delegate. Deleting is not an issue for me because I've, I've, I've grown accustomed to the concept that just because somebody introduced something to me as a problem or because they introduced something to you as a task that they need done does not automatically make it your problem. You have to learn to do the, the things that are the priority, delegate the things that need to be done but are under your pay scale, and delete the things that are irrelevant and don't matter to you unless you're you know and there's always exceptions unless you're depositing into somebody else for that personal equity you know you don't you don't look at your spouse and say vacuuming the floor is irrelevant to me knock that out <laughs> bad idea so just you know obviously there's some relevancy to the way that you operate inside of that but if you'll do this if you'll understand the process and if you'll actually take a look at your life when you're feeling stressed and figure out what are the things that I need to do? What are the things that I could potentially delegate? And what are the things that I'm willing to delete? The stress will go away pretty quickly and you'll find that you operate at a scale and a speed that most people just are baffled by. It really will give you a competitive edge at whatever it is you're trying to tackle. Savvy? As always, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to Money Moves with Michael Munsterman. And if this is your first time of listening to the show, hey, just subscribe, follow, like, share, go go through the moves. It helps us just get the word out and get this message out that, you know, ultimately our goal is to grab on the people as they are going through life as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, or hopefully getting in, in front of the eyes and ears of, of young people who someday want to own their own hustle, do their own thing. So just in anything you can do that way is super helpful to us here. And then finally, just a couple other things. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. It's at MJ Munsterman. And Facebook is, is uh, like if you search Michael Munsterman, it pops right up. We're on YouTube as well. 
And then the final thing is if you're interested in a more in-depth like mentorship where you can work or at least feel like you're working directly with me, getting the hacks and the secrets and the things that I believe every single entrepreneur, whether you currently have a business, whether you have multiple businesses, whether you're doing 100,000 a year or 10 million a year, things and principles that, I, that I've that i used to make hundreds and millions of dollars in total sales across multiple companies, then check out M4Nation, that's M, the number four nation, dot Michael Munsterman dot com check it out and and there's an opportunity there to get um in on our coursework it's it's 35 plus videos of of content specifically for this conversation it's over 20 hours of information then we've got a 150 page workbook there that like is a real introspective look into yourself to help give you a good compassing and anchor at where you are and show you how to how to navigate the course to where you want to go, what you want to accomplish, and who you want to be. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.